Welcome to another episode of the Let's Brigade podcast. I have a special guest today by the name of Quan Jackson. Quan, thanks for joining me today. Hey, man, I appreciate you uh, for giving me the opportunity to speak to the good people. Okay, you mind giving a short bio about yourself? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, you know, my name is Quan L. Jackson. Uh, I'm a poet, an author. Uh, if you know me in the art world, I go by King Bishop. Um, that's my, my stage name, but when away from the stage name, the, the guy, the man, and the author is, uh, Quan L. Jackson. I'm also the owner and creator of well-written productions. I've got a lot of big things that have been either going on or that's scheduled to spin out, uh, within the next few weeks, the next few months, uh, and, and for sure the upcoming years, uh, just released my second book. That's available. It's had some really, really good success thus far. It's called The Day I Sold My Souls. Uh, Souls, S-O-L-E-S. I know a lot of people are always like, wait a minute, why would you? But uh, it's a collection book of poetry and poems, spoken word poems, uh, speaking directly into the climate that we're in right now. Uh, okay. You know, a lot of people aren't saying for the things that they believe matter. Uh, so that's kind of where I got that, that, particular title, the double entendre has a lot of different meanings. Um, but I definitely wanted to make sure that in the climate that we're in, I was able to speak my piece and speak on the things that matter to me, like equality, equity, uh, human rights, and, and definitely uh, a pro-Black individual. So uh, okay. you'll be able to read about that in my, my second book, uh, The Day I Sold My Souls. Mm. So what got you into like poetry and uh, writing books and stuff like that? I, I've always been into words, man. I had a cousin. He was a rapper. So I used okay. to hang out with him, old cousin, and, and uh, we go through the dictionary, look into different words, and we used to have to, you know, bet with one another or have these friendly competitions with one another, rather, um, to see if we can use these words that we just learned from a dictionary at random and if we can use these in certain raps, you know? Um, so it kind of just kind of grew wings from there. And I was a huge Tupac fan. I, I wasn't so much into trying to rap and all that other stuff. I was about playing ball, football. Uh, but poetry was always that other side of me when it came to the school stuff and, and the football side. My other side was specifically with uh, writing and, and poetry and uh, today. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because I'm an author myself, and that's why I got you on, because I see you doing some amazing work, some amazing things, and um, we can kind of relate in that way. And uh, who knows what the future may hold. We might be able to do something together in the future. But um, I, I love a lot of the stuff you have going on. Hey, man, and I'm always welcome. Uh, I love working with other artists. I work with some musicians. I guess that's one of the great things about being a poet. Uh, although, you know, that, that poet lane or the poetry lane that I've been in, I'm starting to branch out. You know, my first two books, uh, those were exclusively poetry and uh, spoken word collections. But moving forward, I'm only looking into probably doing the majority of, you know, novels, uh, plays, and then we'll get into movies down the line. So uh, I'm okay. excited about a lot of it, that's for sure. But 
you know, met you through some great people, man. So, um, you know, pretty sure maybe we'll have that opportunity at that time where we can get together and, you know, do get some good creative work in because uh, mm -hmm. the people need that more than ever yeah. right now. So, yeah, man, they really need it. They really need it. And I have a, a, a question myself. And you say you uh, do your poetry on stages and stuff like that, right? Uh, I do. I have. I need a point. How you build confidence enough? Because that's something that I would love to do. You know, like when it comes to public speaking and motivational speaking, I could do it amongst a small group of people. But when it comes to the stage, I get kind of like, so how, how can you like deal with that? You know? Uh, I think if you ask that question to a million different people, you'll probably get a million different answers, to be honest with you. Um, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta believe in you, right? You know you're a good, you're a writer, so that means that you have the focus, you have the mental fortitude to, to be able to create something out of nothing and to be able to relate that message, right? But um, getting on stage, I'm nervous every time, right? I've been doing it for eight years now. Uh, when I first started out, my sister used to push me like, hey, you know, you need to go to these events. It makes no sense to keep writing and writing and not sharing any of your work because I wasn't sharing any of my work. I would mm -hmm. say I would never get that was the last thing that I wanted to do um, is to kind of be in that spotlight and, and to be visible. But you mm -hmm. have to look at it two ways, right? You were given a gift. I was given a gift. And the only thing is to not chase and, and try to hone in on that gift to see what type of impact you can have on the world. Um, and, and like I said, I started eight years ago, man. Uh, I still get nervous to this day. Uh, but you just have to believe in what you're doing. You got to take that time to really work on your crafts because it's never going to be, especially when you're starting out, it's never going to be perfect. Uh, or you may have certain fears. I, when I first started out, I would get up there. Eyes would be closed the entire time. You know wow. what I mean? I didn't want to look at people. But now <laughs> I'm at the point where I'm confident, I'm comfortable, uh, and, and I'm able to gauge the crowd. I'm able to to look at a person in their eye to make them feel whatever I'm speaking about at that time is mm -hmm. is directly to them and it's for them. And um, it's, it's a big thing. You just gotta, you just gotta, you gotta be okay sometimes with failing too. I think that's the biggest thing is a lot of people are so afraid of either judgment or failing that it, it stops them from being as great as they possibly can be. And once I got to the point where I realized, hey, I know and I trust in my pen, I need other people to start trusting and believing in the things that I need to say as well. It became a lot easier for me to get up there and, and do my little spiel. So, mm. Yeah, because my buddy, uh, Will, he told me the same thing. He's a principal. He told me every time he had to do any type of public speaking, he said he always get nervous. And he's a principal of a middle school. Mm -hmm. So I guess I guess we all have to deal with that and just I mean as we go, I guess we'll just get used to it. I think the one thing I've always told people when they ask, like, how do you not get, you know, nervous? You're going in front of these crowds. And I was like, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have it any other way. Because if you're not nervous, that means you don't care. And if you don't care, what are you spending your time doing? You know? Gotcha. Um so so you can look at it, it's 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 you need certain elements in order for you to grow. And if, if you getting on stage 
and getting in front of larger audiences is going to be one of those things and you got to use it. For me personally, the most nerve-wracking thing for me, because I used to have a test audience, so to get one person, I would start off in front of one person. Believe it or not, a, a more smaller, a more intimate crowd is way more, uh, it's way more taxing to me mentally because it's two or three people, you know, or one person if it's a one-on-one type environment. When there's a, a, a two, 300 people and some of these events that I've been at, I know I'm not even going to have the time to meet most of them, you know. Yeah. I want them to enjoy it. I want them to appreciate it. But it's harder to actually have those one-on-one conversations um, than it is a group of people. Now, they're going to be able to fill you out, too, though. That's for sure when you got a group of more people because uh, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll start eating you alive if they feel like you're not either confident or you're a little bit swaying or shaky. But, you know, that's where you have to either bow up and come into your own and make sure you, you command the room without asking for that attention but by doing and speaking the things that you're speaking and just believing in what you're doing. And eventually they're going to be able to hear like, okay, this person, this individual, they got something good to say. And that's one thing that you can never turn down in a loud room. They always want to listen if you have something to say. So. Mm. Okay. So, um, you mind breaking down your first two books? Like, yeah, uh, let me see. So the first book is um, it's called uh, Unfinished Paintings. That's, again, my first poetry book that's available on Amazon. Uh, I put it up on some of the other platforms, but I ended up taking them off because it seemed like Amazon was something that worked better in my favor. That ended up being, uh, I was a number one uh, new seller, and then I was also a bestseller through Amazon for unfinished paintings. Uh, mm-hmm. That book, just the title, there's just so much to break down when it comes to this particular title. Um, I was in the process of writing my first book. And uh, this is back in 2019. I got together, I was working with my family members and uh, we, we had a paint night, you know? And, um, you know, everybody's kind of painting. It's like, why do you want to have a paint night? To them, they didn't realize what I was looking to do. I wanted to incorporate them as a part of my first book in mm-hmm. some form, some fashion. So I was planning on taking those pictures that they created and I was going to implement those into certain pages of my book to say, hey, you know, you guys are my family. You guys mean the world to me. And this is going to be my way of saying forever. We created something and you're going to be a part of this journey with me no matter wherever it goes. Um, so that was my concept. That was my idea. Life okay. happens. A lot of things change. Uh, so I guess a long story shorter, my grandmother, she ended up passing away. It was her first time painting uh, at 74. So within two weeks, my wow. grandma, she passed away, had a you know big, huge relationship with her. Um, you know how it goes in the black households and the, uh, that, that, that matriarch, you know, uh, uh, set up. So, you know, mm-hmm. it was hard. It was tough. And I was like, man, that hurts. Everything changed, but with loss and, and dealing with that and going through your feelings, you realize it's so many things that I, did, I didn't get the opportunity to say. So wow. thus the name, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, again, it, it started from a paint night. We ended up, you know, losing somebody that we loved in our family dearly. 
uh, and it was just a perfect title. I said, you know what? So many things I wanted to say, I wish I could have said, but we always wish you had more time. Mm -hmm. uh, so I titled that book Unfinished Paintings. The cover is actually my grandmother's painting that she did. My grandmother and my aunt, they did that painting. They worked on it together. Um, so I was like, you know what? This is this is where we get the title. This is where we get the book. Um, and then not only that, I got my company name. I decided to start my I just wanted to write books. But a company mm -hmm. came from that hurt. A company came from that pain, uh, which is well-written productions. Uh, and, you know, that's pretty much that first book in a nutshell. The, the second book, uh, I released that. It was actually completed with that second book within a year. So I wrote two books within 251 days. Wow. Um, or completed two books within two days. Uh, and I just kept adding on to it. The second book, The Day I Sold My Souls, um, that was just, uh, that was just everything that went on, man. I'm talking about from the moment I realized, you know, because it was, this is late 2019 when I was done with Unfinished Paintings. I finished uh, the next book in 2000 and uh, like the early portion of 2021. Uh, but I just kept adding to it more and more and more. And it started again with, you know, things that were happening in the world, uh, society. I mean, you break it down from COVID to, you know, uh, the pandemic ramblings of, of government. Uh, again, the George Floyd uh, incident, uh, some of the black on black incidents that have taken place over those times. I wanted to speak on the things that that really mattered to me and the things that I felt like people needed to hear when it came to trying to get back to a society where we value one another more than we value sometimes dollars, sometimes, I guess, fame, sometimes the social media stuff and all that things um, that, that kind of come with that kind of territory. So mm -hmm. that's why I put my little stake in the ground. I was like, hey, the day I sold my souls, I love the title. Uh, it has a lot of different meanings to me. And uh, I was ready to just kind of drop that off. So that, that's pretty much that second uh, second book, in a, I guess, in a nutshell. Okay. And I heard you say earlier that you're pro-black, right? I am. I, well, I'm, I'm pro-everyone, pro every, pro but I love <laughs> – yeah, so I'm pro-everyone, I'm pro but I love to see – I love to see black excellence. I love to support it. Um, I love to to learn true history. I love to uh, explore things that I've never, you know, thought that I would have known or seen before because sometimes it's the curricular or the, the information. Um, so that's what I, that I, at least to just elaborate on what I mean when I say I'm pro-black. But yeah, I am. Yeah, I didn't say it like it was like a bad thing, but mm -hmm. you know, I just wanted to get your your advice on, because you know it's a dark cloud around, like you were saying earlier, black on black crime and the things that we can can accomplish in the world. Do you think it's systematic, like it's a system that's put around us failing, or you just think it's the person that needs to do what they have to do to succeed? That's a that's a that's a tough one and it's a long one to be honest with you. Uh, I was a sociology major, man, and, and uh, you know, looking at those studies, and you can see, you can definitely point toward 
the the actions of being systemic, right? Mm-hmm. But we still need to come back as a culture. We need to go go back to, you know, the the I guess the whole proverb: it takes a village to raise to raise a child. Well, you know, the villages aren't how they used to be. So there's definitely a, 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 a it's a complex answer. And I don't know if we're going to have the time to be able to kind of dive that deep, that's for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think I know, I know it's a little bit of both, right? Because we still have to take accountability, whether that's a, a mother being a mother, whether that's a father stepping up and being a dad, you know? Um, so there's a lot of different things, but systemically, there are things that are put in place to ensure that we have to, you know, we have to really claw our ways to the top um, just to be at a mid-level where some opportunities may be presented to others just because they know someone, you know, so. Yeah. Hey, I agree 100%. I'm kind of, you know, 50-50 on that. But um, I want to transition to the Let's Be Great segment. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay. If you can meet one person that has accomplished something great, who would it be? It's a lot of great people, man. It's a <laughs> lot of great people, right? You know, uh, sheesh. You know, I'm a I'm a I'm a believer of of of, of my man Jesus Cristo, as Jesus Christ, for okay. for my non Spanish speaking individuals out there listening. But uh, you know, he, obviously. That that's up there on the top of my list. But if I had the opportunity to meet one great person uh, who's not an entity, who's not um, you know godlike and, and of that essence, and that's not a part of my family, I would probably go with I'd say Oscar Brown Jr. Oscar Brown Jr. is a uh, uh, he he was a musician. Uh, he was big on plays. He's also a poet. Um, uh, he just a just a overall renaissance dude, man. Uh, a lot of people may have not even known or don't know who Oscar Brown Jr. is. If you guys have an opportunity, I would suggest check out Oscar Brown Jr. Um, through YouTube, and you'll understand. You'll see why. He just always seemed like he was a really, really cool dude up until his last days. Uh, he was an artist, a true artist. He was an activist. Uh, he believed in the cause and he believed fighting for the people and giving them knowledge and showing them truth, showing them light, right? Um, you know, he came up in those times where you had your your Martin Luther Kings, where you had your uh, Malcolm X, and he's out there. Um, he's from Chicago. So I would say Oscar Brown Jr., man, because he really did show me at a young age. If there was one person I looked at at a young age and said, hey, when I get old, I wouldn't mind being just like that guy. And uh, from what I seen on the outside looking in, he looked like he did it the right, the, the right way. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do some research on him. Okay, next. What do you think is holding people back from achieving greatness? Uh, I, I, I can't say this is 100% accurate, right? But we okay. spoke on this earlier. Fear. Fear. Fear is a son of a gun, man. Yeah. Fear is a son of a gun, man. You got you got people who are stars, but they're afraid to to be in the skies, you know? Wow. And they're afraid they're afraid about what people may think about them if they're different. Um, 
you know, you, you, you put too much accountability into other people's opinion on you as opposed to you uh, just kind of looking at yourself in your own mirror and looking at that reflection and saying, hey, I am enough. I'm good enough. This is who I really am. And, you know, wearing your true colors day in and day out, because that's the only way you're going to really be able to get better and grow. But a lot of people are so afraid and so timid to express themselves, however that may be. Um, but, you know, like I was saying, you can't be a star if you're afraid to leave the ground, if you're afraid to leave home, if you're afraid to try some of those things that you always wanted to do. You got plenty of people that probably sing well, but they never really did it besides doing it in front of friends or in the shower. Uh, you got plenty of minds uh, that can do all of these other things from being a doctor or a lawyer, you know, but they get shunned or they afraid of it because of people around them may look at them if they say, hey, I want to be an interior decorator. Well, you be the best interior decorator you can be. But if that's what you enjoy, then you need to start attacking it. If you want to be an athlete, sure, but you need to attack it full force. If you want to do other things, you need to make your mind up. And you can't let fear or another person's opinion on you uh, sway you in any way because that's going to be the difference between the person being mediocre to being good to being great. And if you want to be great, I think the biggest thing and the biggest challenge has always been fear for a lot of people. Mm. Man, I agree 100%. And last but not least, your definition of greatness. My, I, I think, man, that's a good question, man. That's a, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great question, right? I think my definition I think my definition of greatness will always be revolving. It'll always be evolving um, because you always want to show growth, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think my definition of greatness is going to be doing what I'm designed to do. I think that my gift, as I said before, and I always say this, is my ability to put words, my ability to put words together, my ability to string sentences together, my ability to create stories that people can read or they can hear and they see in a right play throughout the back of their eyelids, you know? Um, but it's all for not if, if I'm not showing growth from what I wrote yesterday or yesterday, I always want to be able to show that, uh, through timing and through refining that I'm getting better. Mm. Right. And sometimes it's difficult. Uh, but that's where you have to challenge yourself. And I think true greatness is a person that's going to be willing to challenge themselves, uh, that's going to be willing to push through whatever glass ceilings that they have on themselves, uh, whatever uh, glass ceilings that are placed by maybe a system, maybe uh, whatever glass ceilings that are placed by their peers, you know. Um, but I, I do believe that for me, my definition of greatness is always going to be to show growth, to evolve through the times and to be able to relate because it's nothing if you can't relate to the people or an audience. Mm. It's all for not if you can't connect with the people and they don't feel it on some real stuff. So um, 
Uh, so, you know, in any type of field, I just think that's like a generic, it seems like maybe a generic answer. Cause me as a writer, that's specific to me, but I think that can also float to any in every single field. It doesn't matter if you're a director, musician, it doesn't matter if you are, you know, you can be, you know, if you're a detailer, if you got a business, it's all about growth. Nobody wants to look at reports or numbers and say, you know what? I just ran the same 40 yard dash time that I ran two years ago. You always want to get faster. It's either you're getting better or you're, you're getting worse. So uh, that's how businesses look at it. And I think that's how people should look at it. Uh, and in my particular instance, as a writer, I always want to grow as a writer. I want to grow as a performer. Um, I want to grow as a, uh, as a as an uncle. I don't have any children. I want to grow as um, just an overall man, as a son. Uh, and that's going to be me showing, uh, I guess, what I believe my greatness is in this particular world is just to continue to evolve and grow. Mm, that's powerful, man. And that's why I say my slogan for my podcast is greatness is a lifelong journey and not a destination. Yes, yes, yes. Because every day is a new day to get better, to grow, and to just become an overall better person. So I agree with you a thousand percent on that. <laughs> Again, Corn, I want to thank you for joining me today. Anything you want to leave for the listeners? Um. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'll just kind of plug myself really quick. Um, and also, thank you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time and um, having me on the podcast. Uh, hopefully, everybody that's listening, hopefully you guys are well. Your family is all good. Uh, but I would like to say, if you guys are interested in finding out more about me, Quan uh, L. Jackson or King Bishop in the art world, uh, visit me at wellwritten.com. That's W-H-A-L-E. W-R-I-T-T-E-N dot com. Uh, it has links to everything that you're going to need to know from my YouTube to my Instagram to my Facebook. Uh, has booking information, what type of shows and events that I have coming up in the near future. Um, yeah, I do any and everything from I've written vows. I got people that want me to perform at weddings. So if you're interested, reach out to me. Uh, you can send a message to me directly through that website. Um, and then also I have a lot of creative content, a lot of creative content, a lot of it to that website. I don't put it on the social media, uh, platforms or tools like I should, or some people believe that I should, uh, but get an opportunity to step away from that social media, do it as much as you can. Uh, whether it's listen to these podcasts, uh, whether it's you know spending time with the family or checking out different websites. So uh, mm -hmm. that's about it. And again, thank you so much for your time, man. Hey, no problem. Until next time, you guys, let's be great. Woo! Yeah, let's be great. Hey, let nothing get up in your way. Starts right now. I mean today. Go all out and don't delay. Yeah, yeah.
dedication Wealth and health ain't no mistaking Ay, Greatness is a lifelong journey, not a destination Lonzy Power the third. Uh, he's here to help you, yeah that's true Talking development, talking investment Grow to be the best version of you Let's be great, time to see success You can tell the competition that you up next I know the haters are probably gonna be upset Cause we about to level up, homie we ain't done yet Let's go, wanna be the best and you ain't never settling Just need the information, you ready to give you everything uh, I got the connection you all deserve This is Lonzy Power the third. This is for everyone, I mean all us You ready to win and I know you ready to boss up You ain't got a delay, weekend or weekday Ain't nothing stopping you, it's time to be great Let's be great, Hey, Let's be great It's time to see success Let's be great